0: Um, well, it's good to be back. I was on vacation this awesome vacation is wonderful It's our first full week vacation since Ce- celebration church started four and a half years ago so it was uh it was awesome got to relax and I was out last week being a part of uh, a thing called chrysalis and with a, a number of our teens in fact, we had six of our young men be a part of that and it was awesome and I appreciate you all giving me the latitude. To be a part of those kind of things. And uh, I want to thank Nat Turney and uh, Kevin, uh, who was here a minute ago, uh, for filling in. And so I understand they did a phenomenal job last week. But we're now going to jump in. Nat worked with me and he just tracked right along in our repeat series and covered the the last week's piece. So this week we're in week six. And uh, we'll tie a bow on it and finish it up next week in week seven. Um, But we're in week six of this series we've called Repeat. And if you've got your awesome Uversion app open, that thing's been downloaded a hundred million times. Isn't that awesome? That a hundred million times people have got onto iTunes to download something to study the Bible. That's awesome. Yes. That's phenomenal. That's what the New York Times article was about, that they crossed a hundred million downloads. When we were traveling back in 2008, I got to interview the guy that created that app. And so, and they had just rolled it out. It was months old. It was months old. And their dream, their wild and crazy dream was a million downloads. An unbelievable wild and crazy dream that, some, that it would get downloaded at some point a million times. A hundred million. And this, that, just, that conversation happened about five years ago. And just, it's just incredible. Incredible. And so, um, anyways, but you open your app, get your old school bulletin open, and we're going to jump into the middle of this. i got a lot to cover, so let's hit this. That God wants life for us. I hope that you hear that echoing loud and clear. We say that a lot here at Celebration Church, because if you don't have that down deep in your mind, that God wants life, He wants good that's what he, Jesus came to bring us life abundantly. And if you're not convinced of that, man, you're going you're gonna to hold back. You're not going to really trust God. And so God wants life for us and he designed us. And he knows that we learn by repetition. He understands that we learn by repetition. And the truths that God repeats, these are good indicators for the things that bring us life. So this whole series, we've been looking at these, at these things that were initially declared and said in the Old Testament and that get echoed a lot of times in the New Testament. Things that, that, that get carried past the cross and get echoed a lot of times. And so we've been covering those things. You can get the previous uh, messages online if you need those. And there's a lot of things. Sometimes we repeat things just because it's good to repeat it. Sometimes things get repeated because they don't make sense the first time. Somebody tells you something and you hear it, but then you go, what? What? I just had that when we were on vacation. We went to Rockport, went to the beach, had a great time, did some fishing, did some sleeping until 11 o'clock. Glory to God. It was awesome. And, uh. It was wonderful. Did some fishing till five o'clock in the morning, which then you sleep till eleven again, and wow. uh, wasn't quite as awesome. Something's different about going to bed at six and sleeping until eleven. It's just not quite the same. And um, but anyways, we, we got to eat, we ate. I'm telling you, I, I put on four pounds. I should not have stepped on the scale this morning. It was disappointing. And that's like half a pound a day. How do you do that? How do you gain half a pound a day? That's terrible. Anyway, so we are eating at one of these awesome restaurants that was mean to me. And um, so we're, we're there. It's a long wait. They told us it's beachfront, right on the water. Fantastic view. It was an awesome restaurant. And um, uh, Carson needs to go to the restroom. Weston had already gone. Weston's my middle son, 14. And Carson is my 10-year-old boy. So his 10-year-old boy, his older teenage brother decides to give him instructions on how to go to the bathroom at this restaurant and i'm sitting at the table and i'm not really cl- clued into until i hear the instructions and he's all right carson you go through the kitchen out the back door and to the right I'm like, yeah that sounds like big brother instructions <laughs> and i'm like what he said, You go through the kitchen, out the back door, into the. I said, Don't do that to him. T- Seriously, tell him how to really go. Dad, no, I just went to the restroom. That's how you go. I'm like, I'm going to go see. So sure enough, I go, and there's a sign pointed to the restroom. You go into the kitchen. I go in, there's a guy on the right making tea glasses, there's the little window. With his food's all sitting out there in the window. I weave past the people trying to bring their plates out. Go past. There's all the cooks. See the door? I go out the back door. Now I'm outside. And guess where I go next? To the right. And there's this little, and the little separate building there are the the bathrooms. I had to apologize to Weston. You, you, your instructions were spot on, buddy. They were just dumb. <laughs> Who does that? It just doesn't make sense. Why would you walk through? As soon as, I hit the ba- as soon as I hit the kitchen, I had to sneeze. I'm sitting there with a window. The, the, somebody's food is right there. And I'm like, and I didn't sneeze. I was considerate. I waited till I got outside. And I sneezed. But somebody, I was like, we hadn't got our food yet. I was like, how many people are having to go to the restroom past my food and sneezed? It was messed up, but it just didn't make sense. And there are certain things that have to get repeated because they're contrary to our nature. We're like, they get, God has to kind of drum them into us because we hear them the first time. We're like, Jesus, are you, are you serious? Is this really how it goes? We do this with the whole thing of we have to die to live. I don't want to die. But there's, we have to die to self. We have to to embrace the life that God has for us. The, the Word tells us that give and you shall receive. What? Give and I, that doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm, less is happening in here. And you're telling me that somehow it's, it's going to be more is happening in here. This doesn't make sense. The first will be last. And the last will be first. Uh, no, um, no, the first is first. That, that's why we call them the first, because they're first. How the first last and the last first. This doesn't make sense. And there are things that have to be repeated. And this is one of those things that I think has to be repeated. Because it just we just don't necessarily get it the first time always psalms 118 22 says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone the builders these are the guys who know what's happening these are the guys who understand It's not just the person who's a first time trying to build a building and he don't know what he's doing. No, this is the guy who's doing it and he looks at a stone, are we going to use it? And he kicks kicks it into the, this ain't even happening pile. And that stone has now become the cornerstone. That's the one we set down first and everything is lined up off of it. Everything is built. That's the plumb line. That doesn't make sense. The rejected is the precious. The rejected is the wonderful? That just doesn't make sense to us. When we begin to see this, this runs through the scriptures. And one of the first things we have to understand is when it comes to Jesus, there's only a couple of different things that, that we can do. We can either reject, like the builders, which we're going to talk about what that means in a minute, or we can do what, what was done with him, which was made the foundation for everything. We either we reject Jesus or we make him the foundation for everything. He is the cornerstone. Some people want to try to say, yeah, I want Jesus in my building, but I'm going to do this and do this, and I want to put Jesus over here, and I'm going to put him about three, four rows up in the wall, and I'm going to stick him right there. And I'm going to build everything around, and I'm going to do all this, and yeah, I need a little bit of Jesus over here, and I'm going to stick it over here. No, the Bible says we lay him first, and then everything gets built off of that. To put him over here is rejecting him at his rightful spot. You've, you put something else as the cornerstone. You put something else there and you have rejected it. Even if you try to slip it in. No, I got Jesus in my stuff. I got Jesus over here. If he's not the cornerstone, he has been rejected. This gets repeated five times, folks. Matthew 21, uh, verse 37 says, last of all, he sent his son to them. This is Jesus telling a parable. He had already sent, this guy owns a vineyard. He sent multiple uh, of employees out to try to collect his rent, collect what's due, and they keep beating people up, sending them back empty-handed. This is where it picks up. Last of all, the owner of the vineyard sends his son. He says, he sent his son to them. They'll respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son... They said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They reply, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. They replied, this is the people he's actually (laughs) telling the story about. And, um, And... He said that he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of, of the crop at harvest time. And Jesus said to him, have you never heard or read in the scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous. It is precious. It is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. There were people who had hijacked God's plan. And they were trying to live in a place of, a, of living by rules. We're going to live within this structure. We're going to take this structure and we're going to make it our own. That's what that vineyard was. That wasn't built by them. They took it and they did. And they totally missed the whole point of it. To begin to try to honor God by living by a set of rules. By living by religion is to hijack it and to reject Jesus. Nat talked about grace and, and, and that our, our, we're righteous by faith and faith alone last week. Folks, it never goes anywhere beyond that. It's not like, oh great, that's our starting place. Now we get this little boost Jesus gives us a little grace boost, and now we begin to work it all on our own. No, it is by faith. It is by faith and grace all the way through. And we cannot reject it. This parable gets told in all three of the synoptic gospels. Matthew has his telling, Mark has his telling, and Luke has his telling. And then the next time we see this scripture show up, we see it in Acts 2, verse 36. No, sorry. Um... Therefore, I want to hit on this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. This Lord word is one of the things that I want us to talk about today. We understand Jesus as Savior. We understand the grace of that. But we need to embrace the truth of the grace of His Lordship. It really is a place of grace. We can get so freaked out. We can get so unnerved by this concept of somebody being Lord. But Jesus is referred to in the scriptures as Lord over and over and over again. In fact, let's look at Romans 6.32. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of God, not something we earn. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Lord. In fact, let's go ahead and look at Romans 10, Because so many times we think that if it, if it, if it, it is if we declare Jesus as Savior. But look at this scripture, Romans ten nine, That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Right, Brandon, why are you hammering? on this lordship it's because it comes down celebration church is about knowing god better and trusting him more and it's about trusting god on every front on every part of our lives on every part of our lives and i get reminded what that feels like and having teenagers learning to drive man i i, I so wish i had one of those cars that the driver's ed guys do that have like a at least a break on your side because it is unnerving to have this inexperienced person you don 't fully trust in control of everything, and you 're sitting there and I, I got a friend who's uh, whose son and he would reach across, pick his leg up, and like hammer the brake like dude you're gonna you're gonna wreck y'all you can't be doing that you can't have three legs down in there that's that's a that's a mess waiting to happen and um uh, but it's so, it's so unnerving, you just want to climb over in there. One of my big moments that I just had to apologize to Keenan for, and I just, I just totally lost it, was a moment that he was not doing what he needed to do behind the wheel before he got his license. And I am intense with him. And I start yelling like I've never yelled at anybody. And I am screaming, just screaming for him to go. And uh, so I look over and here's this here's this 15 year old boy just, I mean he's just absolutely shaking and I've made it worse. Now he's scared. He's and I've made it worse. But that place of feeling so vulnerable, we don't like that when we don't fully trust. But when we fully trust, no big deal. I'm I'm a, a private pilot. I can't fly a jumbo jet, but. You know, whenever I get up and we've done a little bit of flying, when I get in that plane, I'll go to sleep. I don't worry and go, man, is that guy up there, is he doing what he's supposed to do? I'm not sitting by the window and seeing if the gear comes up at the right time. I'm not seeing if the flaps are doing all that they're supposed to do. I'm not second guessing. I'm just, this dude's good. He's trained. He's got a kajillion more hours than I do. I'm going to sleep. That's that picture of trust. And God wants us to get to that place where we trust Him on every front and let Him be in control. That's what lordship is. That's what lordship is. But so many times we bring the wrong attitude and we kind of start our relationship with God kind of on the wrong, at the wrong pace. Now, uh, don't judge us, all right? This is one of the... But Colin has, Colin has a current favorite song right now. Uh, and it's by Pink. So it's my twenty-one month old, and it's one of Pink's songs that she does not curse in, and um, and uh, we call the song Uh-oh. It's, "Uh Oh." It's I don't remember the actual name of the song. Uh, give me just give me a reason or something like that. And but I said "Uh oh, oh," and she can sing along with that, and she loves it. But there's a lyric in there that I think uh, that I think really p- paints a picture. And of course, it's this, this talking about these people that are in love, and they they're grown apart, and gonna like we can we can make this work. And uh, the lyric goes, "We're not broken, just bent, and we can learn to love again." And so many times, I think that people come to God feeling like. They're not, I'm not broken, I'm just bent. God, I just need some help. There's just a couple of places that life's a little bit out of control. I don't feel, if you can just kind of pop the dents out, God, I can be back on my feet again and I can be back in control. And go, I'm, really, I'm not really broken, I'm not helpless here. I'm just a little beat up by life and I just need you to just get me through this little moment. And the truth is, is people, we come to God and we are broken, busted, messed up. We can't do anything on our own. And if we don't understand that, then we're going to enter in and we're going we're to see God as a repair guy instead of a Lord that we're like, you know what? Here's my life and I don't know what in the world to do with it. I jack it up over and over again. I need your help. I need your guidance on how to deal with my relationships. I need your guidance on how to deal with my kids and my parents and my employer. Ooh, I really need help with that one, God. I need some on how to deal with my money. God, I need your guidance on how to deal with my sexuality. God, I need your guidance on how to deal with every piece of my entire life. And that is lordship. I need you to guide me. And trust that he is carrying you into life. That's what lordship is. And we tend to want to do this thing where we're like, Well, God, I just need, I, this, this little part's busted. I'm pretty good over here. I'm pretty, good over, I'm pretty good at managing my money. I'm not deep in debt. I'm doing all right. Please, I don't, want, don't talk to me about money. But you know what? Um, my, my relationship with my wife is just jacked. And she's really messed up. And um, I need a miracle. Come over here and, 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 and do something. Do your, do your Holy Spirit thing to her. And, and make it where she's not a pain to me anymore. And um, no, God, I'm a good husband. No, seriously. You, you don't need to talk to me about that one. You know, I'm not broken. I'm, I'm just bent a little bit. And lordship is about saying, you know what? It's jacked up. And if I take control of it, I'm going to jack it up again. And I need you directing me. I need you guiding me. That is what this is about. And the thing is, is we get so upset about this concept because we we don't understand how much God loves us. And we can trust Jesus to be our Lord because He loves us. Romans 8, verses 37 through 39 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we embrace Him as Lord, that is where we're in the place of being the most loved you could ever possibly be. When you embrace God, and we can trust Him. God, I'm intimidated about letting you do this because... (sighs) And when you get down to it, if that's there, and you're intimidated that He is going to somehow mess it up and you're not going to enjoy the outcome. That it's not going to be good. But when we know... That's why so many people hit rock bottom. God, I can't break it anymore. I'll let you have a shot. No, I'm telling you. Guess what? We can break it some more. People think they've hit rock bottom. Guess what? They find out. They, they, they brought a jackhammer with them. Woo, wow. My rock bottom can go deeper. Hmm... I just I can keep going. I thought I couldn't. No, you can. You can. We have this beef, and, and I really think we have this issue with lordship because we don't ever hear this word. If we hear it in church, it's, it has this, this, this kind of scary connotation. The Lord. And then we have this thing that all of a sudden God's going to come in and, and be mean to us and control us or if we are our only pop culture references that we come along with if if you didn't grow up in church i almost guarantee you if i when i say the word lord you don't get warm fuzzies let's think about this we got the lord of the rings well that wasn't frodo that was the dark lord sauron that big spooky flaming eye it looks like an eye from that is in hell actual hell it's like all fiery that's creepy folks that's that's the Lord. We have Lord Vader. That's not somebody you want to submit to. You do the wrong thing and he's like and all of a sudden you're like you're dead. You're choked. That's Anakin when he's evil. We don't we don't want that. Even from literature we have the the book, The Lord of the Flies, and that that's thing when when things absolutely go chaos. And believe it or not, that actual that term actually comes from the Bible. We see in 2 Kings 1 the term Belzebub. Belzebub another time most of us understand that's another name for Satan. Its literal translation is lord of the flies. This concept of lord can sometimes have this oppressive connotation and to be to let Jesus be lord of your life and let him guide you into all truth to let him pour his love and covering over you is the most liberating place you could ever live ever this this thing that the enemy has woven together that lordship is oppressive is the absolute opposite of the truth when it comes to jesus lordship his lordship is the most unoppressive thing you could ever have it is the most liberating life-giving thing you could ever ever have my screen does not (laughs) do that i hate that i miss my ipad You just feel dumb. I know you saw me. That's why I had to say something. I was going to hear about it later. I just addressed it now. Acts 4. 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called into account today for an act of kindness, this is a crippled man... Gets healed, and these religious people go ballistic. This man gets healed, he's not crippled anymore, and they go ballistic. So, if we're being called for an act of kindness shown to a cripple or, <clears throat> and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders rejected and has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no other, for there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. It is Him, it is His Lordship, and it is His kindness. We can trust Him, we can make Him Lord, Because he's kind, because he cares for us, because he loves us. We do not have to be fearful that God's going to bring some some oppressive rule into our life. And then the next thing, the last thing we want to need to understand this concept of God being the cornerstone is that as we align, as Jesus being the cornerstone, as we align to Jesus as cornerstone, we each get better aligned with each other. The thing that I missed Sunday for last week There were people from all sorts of Christian backgrounds. Whether it was Catholic or Methodist or all sorts of things. Stuff that honestly, if we begin to talk about the Bible and get into theology, that we would begin to have some differences. Possibly some passionate differences. But the whole weekend, I love being a part of Emmaus and Chrysalis and any of those different things that are like that. Because it stays so focused on Jesus, so focused on grace, that, man, we're just, we just enjoy hanging around with each other. There's none of our petty differences come up. All this stuff that we squabble and we put little different signs out above our churches and say, well, we, we believe this, and if you want this, come here. And, oh, no, they're wrong. If you want this, come here. Well, if we stay in Jesus, none of that even exists. When we stay aligned right, we stay better with each other. 1 Peter 2. As you come to Him, the living stone rejected by men and chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay in Zion, in a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious stone. The one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious not rejected it's precious it's wonderful to those who do not but to those who do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone you can't get past it you can't just sidestep jesus and now okay i'm going to deal with god on another level no if you don't if you reject jesus you're stuck until you deal with jesus that is it that is where it is and see and i love this that god is not building a wall he's building a habitation He's not building this wall that separates these different things. He builds this habitation. And it says that we are living stones. And this is why you and I have to be patient with one another, okay? Because what we contend to do, and I talk about this in our newcomers class, let's say we're all two by fours, okay? That's how we build around here in West Texas. we don't build by stones. And let's say we're two by fours, okay? And we're building a habitation, all right? And then the builder plants me and sets me right here. And then he sets somebody else right here, and sets somebody else, and sets these two by fours and building this wall. Okay, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what the builders doing. If you're gonna, if you're really being in tune with the builder, then you're going to line up just like this. And then all of a sudden, then he picks my son up over here, and he starts lining them up over here, and then building another wall and building another wall. And then I could be over here going, boy, what are you doing? I thought, you were, I, thought you were, I thought you were submitted to God. If you, were, if you were doing God's thing, you'd be over here. Wait a minute, what are you doing? How can you say God's placed you there? He didn't place, look at all these, He's placed right here. Last little perfect line. What are you doing over there? We do that with each other all the time. All the time, folks, we can't do that. We cannot do that. Romans 14, 4. And I think this is one of those underlying things. That we get really uptight and we don't want lordship. Because we think if we take, tell people, well, God's the Lord of my life. Well, then they're going to come in and they're going to start judging us based on what they think lordship should look like. And that's what creeps us out. It's not, well, if I do this, then somebody's going to say, well, he's lord of all or he's not at all. Which when it boils down, is the truth. But what they're meaning is, is you need to have him lord the way I have him lord or you're messed up. Let's look at this. Romans 14, 4, and we're getting ready to shut this down. I appreciate your patience. When I've been out of the pulpit, I get long-winded. Okay, I'm long-winded all the time. Um, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Let's let each person serve God. And just trust that if they say, "You know what, I'm seeking God on this," then let them seek God. Let's let them, let's give some let's give each other some latitude to let God be Lord in their life uniquely. They have a unique plan and a unique destiny, and it's probably going to be a little different than you, and that is okay. To his own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another and another da- guy considers every day alike so what each one should be fully convinced in his own mind he who regards one day as special does it to the lord he who eats meat eats meat to the lord and he gives thanks to god but he who doesn't eat meat or abstains from meat does so to the lord and gives thanks to god too i like my meat if god asks you not, not eat meat then don't eat meat Maybe, it's, maybe it's, a, it's a health issue. Maybe he's doing it. Maybe he's helping you to reach out to people who don't eat meat. I don't know. But don't look down on me because I eat meat. And I won't look down on you because you miss out on the best, tastiest stuff on the planet. <laughs> For none of us lives to himself alone. And none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die the lord so whether we live or die we belong to the lord for this very reason for this very reason that we can each uniquely serve god and have a direct relationship with god and him god us each individually for this very reason christ died and returned to life so that he might be the lord of both the living and the dead so he could be lord of everybody oh Wow, oh, isn't that beautiful? You then, why do you judge your brother? Why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. When I talk about lordship, I'm not up here to beat you up or b- begin to have a measuring stick. Okay, we're now going to decide who's really a believer because we're going to see who's, who's really letting God be Lord. No, we, we threw that measuring stick out and it tries to creep in and we keep kicking it out. We're just going to keep kicking it out. Let's let God be Lord. You let God be Lord. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. Let Him have every area of your life. And I'm going to trust that you're doing that. And we're going to let you grow like never before. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. Oh my goodness. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith. Into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What does it mean. To let Jesus be Lord. This week. What does it mean for you. Not your spouse. Not a friend. What does it mean for, God, for you to let God be Lord of your life this week. On every front. Let's do it this week. On everything. On everything. Let's do that. See, this is one of those highway signs that gets repeated every few miles to keep us moving forward with God. God has repeated this timeless truth to move our lives towards him. Lordship is something we can't skirt. And it's not scary. It's grace. What it really is is it, how beautiful. Lordship is saying, God, I need, you, your, I need your power on everything. That's what that is. I need your advice, I need your guidance, I need your, your, I need your counsel, I need your, your power, your strength on every part of my life. That's what lordship is. That's it. That's liberating. It's awesome. So this morning, as we shut down, I just want to encourage you. Take your next step forward in letting Jesus be Lord. And I want to create a quiet moment real quick. And if you're here and you say, Brandon, I want to trust that kind of God. That kind of God that loves me. That kind of God that wants to bless every area of my life. That kind of God that's going to be patient with me and guide me. I want that. With nobody looking around, if you want that, I want to pray with you. And you're just going to declare Jesus is your Lord. He's your Savior. He's your everything. And we're going to pray with you. And you're going to step over from death to life right now.